Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. The Word of the Lord. I just want to read one verse out of Proverbs 17. One verse out of Proverbs 17. Amen. And verse 17. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loveth at all times. Dear God, we praise you, Lord, and I ask you to have your way for the remainder of this service. Thank you for what you've done so far. And I pray, Lord, let this word touch folks in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. When I was preparing this lesson, you know, every time I prepare a, a, a sermon or a lesson, I never know who's going to be here. And I always know that the word is good for everybody. Amen. And and so every lesson and every sermon is for everybody. Praise God. But there are times when I'm preparing a lesson or a sermon, and this was the case yesterday when I was preparing this one, that I felt a powerful something come over me that this is for somebody specific special. Not just for everybody, but somebody specifically really needs to hear this. Amen. And so I pray that God's perfect will be done and that whoever that person or people are would receive it as the Lord wants it received. I want to preach on a simple subject, friends. Amen. Friends. Praise God. We all need friends. Amen. And a friend is a person who has a strong liking for and a trust in another. So when I say we all need friends, I really mean we all need good friends. Amen. We don't just need any friends. We don't just need friends that are sheep's and wolves, uh, you know, wolves and sheep's clothing. We don't need friends, amen, that say they're friends, but they're really not friends. We all need good, solid friends. Amen. There are all kinds of friends, but sadly not all of them are good. Not all of them have your best interests at heart. Amen. A person that's your friend only when it's convenient for them is not a true friend. A person that's your friend, amen, only for what he or she can get out of the relationship is not a true friend and is not a good friend. Amen. A person... Amen. Like that is not to be a friend. Praise God. It's someone you can't trust. Amen. The Bible said, I didn't even have this verse, but it just came to me. Amen. Putting trust, hallelujah, in an unfaithful person is like a a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. I love that verse. Amen. Amen. Faith and trust in an unfaithful person is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. We all like to have those couple things going on, right, at the same time? Amen. We need faithful people in our lives. 
We need trusting people in our lives. We need people that are going to bless us in our lives. Amen. Proverbs 14.20 said, The rich hath many friends. Oh, I wonder why. Everybody wants to be their friend because they have a lot of fair weather friends. They have a lot of friends that just there because they're rich. They're in the in crowd. They have a name. They're, they put out the freebies and stuff. Proverbs 19.6 says, Every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. We'll line up. You giving gifts? Woo, okay. I want one. But a person that's your friend only when things are going well is not a true friend. Amen. You need somebody. A friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. This type of friend, a fair-weather friend, when times get tough and you need them the most, they're nowhere to be found. Amen. That's not the friend you need. Praise God. They are a dime a dozen, and you don't need them. The prodigal son, amen, had a lot of fair-weather friends. Uh, he, he took his inheritance early. He went to a far country, and as long as he had his inheritance, he had a lot of friends. As long as he was buying the rounds and buying lunch for everybody and giving gifts, and oh boy, he was the most popular guy from that strange other country. Amen. But when the, all the money ran out and the gifts and the, and the rounds went away, amen, he found himself friendless because he had fair weather friends. Nowhere to be found was these, these new friends of his. Amen. Dire straits they left him in. When you have people in your life that say they're your friends, but give you bad advice and try to talk you into doing things that will harm you and those even around you, those are not your friends. Amen. When you have a friend that, that tries to talk you out of going to church and go somewhere else instead, that's not a friend. When you got a friend, amen, that says, why are you spending so much time in the Bible? We got to do some other stuff. Or what, you know, forget about prayer. Let's do this or let's do that. Or trying to talk you into doing something that would be against God's word, that's not your friend. Amen. You need to get rid of them like a bad habit. Praise God. This is for somebody. Hope you're just soaking it in. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 13, but verse 3 said, But Ammon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemiah, David's brother, and Jonadab was a very subtle man. That word subtle means crooked. Amen. Sly. Cunning. Amnon was King David's son. And Shimei was David's brother's son. So Shimei, or Jonadab was Shimei's son. And Jonadab was Amnon's cousin. Amen. So Amnon had a quote-unquote friend and this friend was a crooked friend. This friend gave Amnon bad advice. His own cousin, supposed to be his friend, gave him terrible advice regarding a situation in his life that when he, act, he not only took the advice, he acted upon the advice and it ruined his sister's life and it ended up costing Amnon his own life. Because his brother Absalom didn't like what he did and he killed Ammon because of it. Amen. With friends like that, we don't need any other, we don't need nobody. We need it like, you know, to have a couple Advils and put a cold compress on our head. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15.33 said, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. 
Bad company corrupts good morals. Laying down with the dogs, you're going to come up scratching with the fleas. Amen. You're going to rub with the wrong people, and you're going to have bad situation. Amen. A bad apple will make a good apple bad if you let it. You cannot rub shoulders with people that say they're your friends but don't have your best interests at heart. Amen. A person that smiles and says nice things about you in front of you, and as soon as you turn around, stabs you in the back and betrays your trust is not a friend. And you shouldn't let them do that more than once, not even once, but after one time, shame on you. we got to get rid of people like that. I know it's easier said than done because they could be somebody in your own house. It could be somebody very close. It could be somebody at work, and you can't necessarily get away very easy. But you've got to do what you can, amen, because God needs you, amen, to be on the right path. And you can't let these weights and these drags on your life pull you down and get you off of the will of God. Amen. Psalm 41.9 said, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. So sad, the writer of Psalms put that verse. It's better to not have a friend if it's going to be a bad friend. I just want some friends. Well, just whip out a couple of $20 bills. Go over to Norwalk Square and you can find some friends. Amen. But they might not be the ones you want. Amen. It, it's, it's okay to be choosy. It's okay because it's your soul we're talking about. It's your life. Amen. Praise God. And you've got to look out for your own life. Amen. A true friend loves at all times. A true friend has your best interests at heart. A true friend will be there through thick and thin. A true friend will not betray your trust or your confidence. A true friend will point you, point you in the right direction, and that direction is Jesus Christ. Not somebody pointing you to the devil or something else, praise God. That's Jesus Christ. Well, they won't. Maybe they're not into it as much, but they're not going to keep you back. They love you enough to want you to pursue what is most important to you. That's a true friend. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. A true friend will influence you to do to do things to be a better person. Not detract. They will contribute, amen, positive things in your life. That's a true friend. Proverbs 27, 17 said, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Amen. When you rub shoulders with a good person, it's like taking a dull knife and, and putting it on the wedding stone. And man, you could cut paper with it. You know, like the old Ginsu or one of those dumb knives they advertise or whatever. This will dice. This will cut right through your shoe leather. Oh, I don't want. I don't usually cut shoes, so I just need a knife to cut tomatoes and sandwiches and stuff, you know. But that's pretty cool. It can cut through an aluminum can. That's nice too. I don't usually cut cans, so I don't need that. Amen. But you know, we need something. We need. We need people to make us better, sharpen us up. Amen. Not someone to dull our blade and dull our senses and and get us off the right path, the highway of holiness that God wants us to be on. Amen. A true friend will also not agree with you all the time. You don't need yes men to be true friends in your life. 
Hey, when I, I think I'm going to jump off the overpass. Yeah, I think it's a great, great idea. Oh, I love you. I love you. Great idea. Great idea. No, get rid of that friend. Amen. You want a friend say, no, don't do it. And they're going to chain you to your bed or something, and you're not leaving until you talk sense out of yourself. Amen. Right? Amen. A true friend will rather stand in your way if you're going to make a poor decision and try to talk you out of it. That's a true friend. As long as I'm here, you're not doing that. Right? A true friend. Proverbs 27.6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Very curious statement. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now the wounds of a friend are faithful. So those can't be bad wounds. Those are good wounds. That is a friend that's telling you, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And they say, nope, you shouldn't do it. Well, I'm mad at you for doing that. I don't care. I love you too much. You're not doing that. You're not seeing things clearly. I'm seeing it clearly here. Amen. Those are good wounds. If you have a good friend that's trying to snap you out of it and knock some sense into you, don't think of them as an enemy, but think of them as a good friend. Come on now. Somebody needs this. Praise God. Somebody needs it now. Somebody could have used this yesterday, but we'll not talk about that. Or someone's definitely going to need it tomorrow. Praise God. But sermons are always for something. But I feel something about this one. Somebody really needs to hear this. You're battling with some people in your life that you're having a hard time trying to unlatch from. But you just need a little oomph, a little, a little nudge from the Lord. Amen. But we better thank God for people like that which love us enough to not allow us to make terrible choices that might ruin us. We better thank God for good friends. Amen. Arnold Glasgow said, A true friend never gets in your way unless you happen to be going down. Then they'll catch you. They'll try to help you. They'll try to do something. Amen. They said the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Why would your enemy kiss you? Like, back off, Jack. I'm not, you're not even getting in my house. I mean, you're not going to get close enough to kiss me. Uh, but because they are pretending to be your friend, that's why they're going to kiss you. They're pretending to be a friend. You've got to watch out. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. In the Garden of Gethsemane, amen, before he was taken captive, Judas was there with the high priests and all their little army they had. Those soldiers came with torches and pitchforks to come take Jesus and take him captive. And of course, Judas had prearranged in case none of them maybe could see at night or may not know who Jesus was. He said, the one that I kiss, take him. Amen. So, Jesus, so Judas comes up with his big party. He walks right up to Jesus, you know, hail rabbi or whatever, and gives him a kiss which was the sign. And then, you know what Jesus did? He didn't slap him. He didn't do it. He just said, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? Amen. That's the kiss of an enemy. It's deceitful. You don't want, any, you don't want friends like that. Amen. That wasn't a good kiss. And with friends like that, who needs enemies? Amen. Praise God. We just need to label them like the way they are. That's an enemy. That's not a friend. Amen. You see, when an enemy hurts you, it's expected. Because you view them as an enemy. So it's not, it's not that you're not hurt, but you just knew they were going to do it because they're an enemy. So emotionally, you're prepared for it a little bit more. 
But when somebody you thought was your friend hurts you, it's devastating because you trusted them and you thought they would never do such a thing. That, that's a killer right there. Amen. That's not the right kind of wound. Amen. Praise God. But don't be an opportunistic friend and only have friends when you really need them. Amen. That's like people calling on God only when they're in trouble. God wants to be our friend year-round. When the sun's shining, the birds are chirping, we got a couple nickels rubbed together and we're feeling okay. God wants to, you know, and we ought to have our friends year-round. You know, sometimes you hear about people, the only time they call on God is like two, twice or three times a year. Okay, I'm talking to the big man upstairs, and you uh, hope you can get me out of this jam, and then you don't hear from them. He doesn't, God doesn't hear from them for another six months. Amen. That's, that's an opportunistic friend. Amen. We need to build and cultivate our friendships with people and let them go all the way because when you really need a friend and you don't have it already built a relationship with a friend, you're not going to have someone right there, uh, Johnny, on the spot. Amen. We should maintain friendships constantly when, the, when everything's going okay. So when the storm is raging, your friends will always be your friends. Ethel Barrymore said, the best time to make friends is before you need them. Just have some friends. And they're good friends. And then when you need them, they'll be there. And the best way to get good friends in your life is to be good friends to others. Amen. So many people, you know, I just don't know. I don't have any friends. Well, tell me about your day. Tell me about your week. Tell me about your month. Well, I get out of my car. I run to work. I don't talk to anybody. Amen. I eat lunch in my car. I run out as soon as the bell rings and then we're out. I run back to my house and then I do it all over again. And I don't even talk to anybody at the grocery store or anything. I'm just like, and I'm just, woe is me. I don't know why I don't have any friends. It's because you are not friendly. Right? That's what I got to tell that guy. You just want to like grab his cheeks or something. Like, come on, wake up. Amen. If you, if the Bible said, Proverbs 18, 24, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. Dale Carnegie, who was very famous in, in uh, relationships and so forth, he said, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people to be interested in you. Amen. That's where you say, love others as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be, you know, put other people, joy, Jesus, others, and yourself. And when you do that, you're going to have friends and good friends and people because you are there for them. They'll be there for you. Praise God. It's important. And though the world wants to be your friend, you don't need a friend like that in your life. Amen. And all that goes with it. And though the devil might tell you he wants to be your friend, but he's lying through his teeth as he always does, you definitely don't need a friend like that in your life. Amen. May I tell you this morning that God wants to be your true friend. Praise God. God wants to be your friend through thick and thin. A true friend. A good friend. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is with you always, even to the end of the world. He'll always be there. He's a good friend. He will be the best friend you ever had. 
God was a friend of Abraham. James 2.23 Abraham believed God and he was called the friend of God. He was also a friend of Moses. Exodus 33.11 And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaks unto his friend. Amen. God had friends in the Bible and He wants to have friends in 2019 right here in the Norwalk church and every church in every city. He wants to have friends. Amen. I want to be a friend of God and God wants to be my friend. Can you believe it? The creator of the universe, He wants to be my friend. That blows me away. But I got to be a friend back to Him. I got to be loyal. I got to be faithful. Amen. He's I want him to be able to count on me like I try to count on him. Proverbs 18.24, that last part says, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. Hallelujah. I love that part. God became a man and walked among people. He said that he came first and foremost to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In fact, when one Syrophoenician lady, which was, a, which was a province of Greece, came over and told Jesus, was, was among his uh, the disciples, and said, look, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. I need your help. And he said, hey, I'm come first to the lost of the house of Israel. In other words, your time's going to come. The, the church hasn't started yet, and the Gentiles haven't got the plan yet. Right now, I'm focusing on only the Jews right now. You know, but thank God she had faith and she didn't give up. And he, and he basically kind of you know, insinuated, hey, you know, I, I can't give the children's bread to the dogs. And that would have probably offended a lot of people today. <gasps> I'm going to tell somebody. This, this should be a crime. But you know what? She had more. She could care less about her. She was, off, she was on a mission for her daughter, right? Amen. This is not really on the subject, but I'll just throw this in for free. Amen. And she said, true Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table when the kids don't hit their mouth just right and a little chunk of something comes down. Man, the dogs are living high off the hog underneath the table. Amen. He said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Go home and your daughter will be delivered of that. Amen. You haven't even seen, I haven't seen that kind of faith in Israel. I came to Israel, but they're disappointing me. Oh, well, woman, you got what you came for. But he said, I came to Israel first. But he started getting disappointed with Israel because they were not wanting him. They were not expecting. Maybe they had a whole different idea what the Messiah or the Christ was supposed to be. And they weren't having it. Amen. They resisted him. And they tried to overthrow him and, and um, cause, cause problems in his ministry. Amen. The people in his own hometown of Nazareth did not give him honor. Amen. The Bible said, a prophet hath not honor. Amen. In his own hometown. He could only, in Nazareth, could you believe it? God, manifest in flesh, could only heal a few folks because nobody believed that. That's Jesus. I grew up with him. I went to kindergarten with him. Oh, yeah. What, you know, what, who does he think he is? Amen. One time when he was in a big old crowded house area and all this kind of stuff, His own friends did not believe and accept the fact that he was truly the Messiah. They saw all these huge crowds flock around Jesus and they thought it was somehow their duty to shut it down, to come and get Jesus. Okay, 
You just got a little bit too much sun, you know, Jesus. Here's a glass of warm milk. We're going to just put you away and, 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 you know, make you have a little nap right now because, you know, you got this Messiah complex or, you know, it's overtaking you and you're kind of like, I don't know, woo, you know, we got to get, you know, we got to help you. And all these well-meaning friends, amen. Mark 3.21, and when his friends heard of it, just another episode of Jesus getting these crowds and he's doing these miracles and telling all these tall stories about heaven and God and the kingdom of God. They went out and lay hold, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said he's beside himself. He's lost his mind. And that's why C.S. Lewis wrote a book saying Jesus Christ was either a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. And guess what? It's option C. Or number three. Amen. He wasn't a liar. That was Satan. He wasn't a lunatic. Amen. Because he healed and cast out and did this and did that. And whatever he said happened. Amen. So he was the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So he didn't need those kind of friends. Even Peter. I'll, I'll throw one on you. Even Peter, the one that had the keys to the kingdom, the one that even though he had foot and mouth disease, he did say some great things and knew that Jesus was God Almighty and so forth. Peter came to him after Jesus said, Hey, you know what? It's, the days are coming that the Son of Man will betray, be betrayed and he will give up his life, a ransom for many. And Peter stood up as, as thinking that he was his friend. He said, Not so on my watch, Jesus. You get behind me. I got a sword. Woo! I'm going to protect you. And he just he didn't say, Get behind me, friend. He said, Get behind me, Satan. Because you aren't according to the will of God. You're trying to keep me from God's will. So you're not my friend right now, Peter. He called Judas friend when he got kissed because Judas was accomplishing the will of God even though it was against... Because Jesus picked Judas full knowing well that Judas would betray him. How many of us, when we were in job interviews, all right, uh, well, and, and God gives me the understanding, oh, this guy's going to steal from me and this guy's not going to come uh, work 40 hours on an honest week and, and the, rest of the rest of this time and then he's going to cause discord and he's going to make other people quit? Oh, yeah. Woo! You're hired. Come on in. If we knew what we what Jesus knew, you know, Jesus knew stuff, but he wouldn't act on his foreknowledge because he knew it was the plan of God. That all 12 of them, some of them would be better than others, and this one would definitely be a bad apple, but it was through him that the will of God would be accomplished. So he calls him friend because he was in the will of God. And Peter, Satan... Amen. We don't need friends. It will, will cause us, amen, to go down the wrong path, the dark path. We need people that will help us go to Jesus. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says something very profound in Zechariah 13, in verse 6. I was wounded in the house of my friends. He wasn't crucified. You, know, you, you can make a case that the Romans did the crucifixion, but it was at the behest of the Jews. What should I do with Jesus, the King of the Jews? Crucify Him! Because, see, they didn't have the authority to crucify. 
Because they were not in charge. Rome was the power of the world. And so they, Rome had to, Pilate had to sign off. And so it was his own brethren. Amen. He was wounded in the house of his friends. Amen. Those who were supposed to be his friends, his own people, his own nation. The ones, amen, that prayed for him to come and waited thousands of years for his highly anticipated arrival, didn't believe him, and thereby rejected him. When Jesus saw Jerusalem before his triumphal entry, he was up on a hill and he was looking at Jerusalem and he began to cry. He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how off would I have wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her for safety and keep them warm. But you would not. You didn't want nothing to do with me. And so, amen, your house is left to you desolate. And that's when he started turning to the Gentiles. Amen. And I'm glad about that. Because we that are non-Jewish, we got to get into this baby. We got to, amen, the wild olive branches got to get grafted in to the original trunk, praise God. Amen. And John chapter 1 tells us, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not, but as many as received Him. As many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Woo! Amen. The Jews rejected him, but as many as received him, every one of you, praise God. He gave us power to become the sons of God. And we're not just sons and daughters of God. We're friends of God. We're friends of God. John 15, verse 13. Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. He said, he talked, he talked to the disciples, he goes, you are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Verse 14. Amen. You're my friends. If you do whatever, I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Amen. You tell your friends a little more than you tell your enemies. You tell your confidants a little bit more. Amen. Those that you can trust. Those that are loyal to you. Those that will not blab it everywhere that... You can, you know, be, use them as a sounding board and you tell them things about, about situations or whatever and you know that they'll just keep it between them and God and, and pray about it with you or whatever. Amen. And so Jesus said, you're not, you're not my servants anymore. I'm calling you friends. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you things and I'm going to show you things that no one else sees. Amen. And that's why we as Christians and believers in God have an insight into things that other people don't. And people that are out in the world, they're really blinded. Amen. Amen by the enemy and by the darkness and the spirit of this world and they don't even know. Some of them sense there is something wrong but they don't really know what's coming. We know what's coming and that's why we got to pray and believe and share with others and let other people become the friends of God. Would you stand with me? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So as a born again believer in God... I am the friend of God. 
You are the friend of God. Amen. And God is my friend and I'm His friend. Jesus is my best friend. He sticks closer than a brother. Amen. Praise God. They say blood is thicker than water. Your blood relatives, that's, they, 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 they trump and take priority and precedent over your friends. Amen. But your best friend, Jesus, the Spirit of God, is thicker than blood. Amen. It goes beyond even your blood relatives. Praise God. I've said it many times. I'm closer to some in the church than I am to many of my own blood relatives because they're not walking this way. I can't talk to them about what happened in this service. I can, but they were like, you know, look at me funny and dismiss me and say, whatever, that's nice. Let me tell you what we did. We got this, we got that, and we got crowds, and we went partying and all that. It's a whole different world, but there's something about the family of God that keeps us together. Amen. That we're in unity as friends together and friends of God. Praise God. And that is the most valuable thing. And so the number one friend we need to maintain in our life is Jesus Christ. We don't want to do anything to push him away, folks. We don't want to do anything. Amen. Because you know what? He's the kind that's going to tell it like it is. He's not going to be those one that's going to agree with you on everything. Amen. His word is going to contradict your, your, your desires to do things. And you got to say, yes, Lord, your will be done, not my will. Your will. You, you, you know best, God. You're the best friend. You'll never lead me wrong. You'll never turn, take me down a wrong path. We can't say that about everybody else, but we can say it about Him. Praise God. I pray that somebody was helped today. I pray that somebody will be able to make a decision that maybe you've been struggling with today. I believe God's going to do something great. Amen. Lord, help us to see clearly who our good friends are and our true friends and help us if we're not already aware and let us see through amen the hypocrite the hypocritical situation of not true friends of bad friends and people just masquerading as friends so that we can make our right decisions and move forward in Jesus name what an incredible message Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.